And welcome back to the big kickoff on Liffey Sound 96.4 FM. Whether you know it or not, Ireland is one of the world's top destinations to surf. Some of the best waves on the planet surround our little nation. Now, you may not believe me, but that's why we have David Flynn on the line. David, welcome to the big kickoff. Hello, good evening, guys. How are you? No problem. Listen, David, before you convince the whole country that we have world-class waves, yeah. give us a bit of background on yourself and how you get into surfing. Okay, well, I'm... I'm a, um, I'm based over in Clare, and I've been surfing about 25, maybe 28 years. Um, I've been lucky enough that um, I was grew up near enough the coast and got into surfing through friends and hanging out at, hanging out around Lahinch mostly. And since then, you know, over the last 25 years, I've got to lucky enough with holidays and bits and pieces travelled, you know, quite a bit of the world and seen and surfed in, you know, I've surfed in Hawaii. Bali, all over Australia, New Zealand, California, Portugal, Morocco, France, oh, and you know, a few other a few other places. And while it's wonderful to surf in warm water, Ireland will always come back to we. You know, I start out the conversation and say we have some of the best waves here and one of the best surfing environments in the world here. Okay. Definitely. T- tell us about your surf club, so and its history. Yeah, so I'm at at the moment I'm the chairman or well the co-chairman of the West Coast Surf Club. Um, I'm sharing a position with Ali O'Flaherty, um, who's a Lynch native, who's a, a world-renowned big wave surfer, and he's represented Ireland and he's been an Irish champion a number of times. So he's very much the competitive side. I'd be on a slightly different side of surfing, but we're we're the chair of the um, West Coast Surf Club. We're just turning 50 years old this year, actually, and we have a big celebration in September, in the middle of September down in Spanish Point. We'll have a dinner dance and a surf competition and whatnot. But we were, it was set up, um, as I say, 50 years ago. It was a bunch of local guys and Limerick people, actually, a bunch of Limerick guys who surfed up around La Hinch and around West Clare. And they were meeting each other on the road all the time. And they, you know, started hanging out and eventually decided, you know, there was an Irish Surf Association had just been set up by Kevin Cave and a few others. And... Um, it, the surfing scene was just really only growing at that stage and there were really only a, a number of individuals and you'd see another person with a surfboard around their car you'd probably turn around and follow them and see where they're going surfing and, <laughs> and it just it grew out of that and over the last 50 years the, our surf club has gone up and down in terms of numbers but we've had a steady crew and you know some of the main things that we do during the year would be we hold three competitions most years we do a junior competition in March. We do an open competition in in April or May, and then we do the longboard competition in September. So we have a sort of a nice competitive element there, but mostly it's about community and about belonging to something. And you see it in other sports. You see it in GA. You see it in, in soccer clubs. People like to belong to something. And um, the West Coast Surf Club has been a great touch touch point for for that and for a sense of belonging. We've also been involved with access issues and environmental issues you know we helped secure the rights the pedestrian rights to Dugmore Beach down Doombeg mm. Beach down near Trump's Hotel you know that went to court and we were involved with that and out of that we got a, a right of way across the golf club which is used by lots of beach users now but it was back in 1998 the West Coast Surf Club had to go to court over that so that's a sort of a sample of what mm. the surf club do over the like obviously I'm turning 40 next year and the, the surf club is 50 years old so I've obviously known surfing my whole life through TV and whatever else but it's only really in the last 
maybe 20 years for me in Ireland. Had it taken a kind of an uprising over the last 20 years a bit further, like another level, or is it just something that's always been simming around but it's just become more popular or more in the mainstream? I definitely think um, independent mobility has a, has a big thing, a big um, way of, you know, enhancing surfing mm. and bringing it to, to a wider group. Where before, and it's, it's also things like forecasting and the internet, there's been a lot of things that have helped the upsurge of surfing, wetsuit technology, there's been so many things, but there certainly has been a big upsurge. You know, in the, you know, we all talk about the, the good times in the sort of late 90s into 2000s and into late 2000s, there was definitely a big upsurge. People had a bit more cash, people were independent, people had more access to cars, they travelled, surfing became quite cool to do and, you know, Ireland is great because you're no more than, you're never more than 100 miles from the sea. In True. Ireland. And believe it or not, you do get good waves on the east coast as well, you know, from Dublin south, not not much north of Dublin, but certainly from Dublin south, um, there, you know, you do get some waves along the east coast. Many people there don't like talking about them too much because they, they're fitted <laughs> enough. But all the way around the south coast of Ireland. So you're never too far from waves. And I think that the forecasting on the internet, you know, there was a time when, you know, you'd look at the back at the independent 30 Irish Times, you'd see the isobars on the charts and see what way the winds were blowing, trying to work it out. Now you fire up your smartphone, you can, it tells Absolutely. you that the waves are going to be perfect in six hours' time up in Niski in Sligo or down in, in Kerry or in Cork. Or, and it, people are much more tuned into the sort of quick fix of things. And I think that that's helped the, the surge up of interest in it. Dave, is there different types of waves or does it just come down to big and small waves? Oh, no. Like, you know, Ireland has an amazing variety of waves. You know, you've got the beach breaks of somewhere like La Hinch or Strand Hill or Tremor, which, you know, the, the power of the wave is coming in from deep water. But, you know, the, the, the gentle beach slope starts scrubbing the power off and the waves form up nicely and we all see those waves on the beach and you get nice long runs on them and they're you know less critical waves but they're nice waves they're enjoyable they're good fun but then you go to somebody somewhere like the bottom of the cliffs and motor or you go to Riley's or any of the, the serious slabs or mullet more up north the northwest where the swell the same swell that's hitting the beaches comes from deep deep water and hits slabs of rock and the energy is compressed much quicker and you get these big barrels and you get these huge, big, angrier looking waves, but much more challenging, but usually more rewarding waves. But there tend to be shorter runs on the when you're surfing them. But, you know, there are people who travel from the States, from Europe, to surf waves in Ireland. They, they track the storms in the Atlantic. They know the winds are going to be right. And they say, right, you know, the people in the know know that a particular really heavy break is going to break on the west coast of Ireland. And they'll be there and they'll be in the skis and they'll tie up the local lads and they'll get out there and surf the, the really, really big swells when they hit here. But Ireland, we really are very lucky because we've got such a variety of waves. You know, everything from gentle beginner waves, as I say, in La Hinch or Tremor or Spanish Point or, you know, Strand Hill to the, to the very heavy waves. So there is a huge variety, but the bigger, angrier waves tend to be in more remote locations and more off the beaten track. You know, it's it's no con no it's no it's no coincidence that the seaside towns have grown up around the gentler waves. You know, yeah. they're more fun for people to go in and play around and mess and you know, you get up surfing and having a bit of fun but Yeah. It I mean there's a lot of people would have a fear of I suppose 
the, the, the music comes into play an awful lot and they'd have a fear of sharks or when you watch documentaries like Blue Planet we get reminded of a lot of scary things uh, out in the sea so how do you ease their fears to get into the sea? Well I suppose in Ireland there's never been a serious attack but you know we don't get predators like that coming around but what we do get and what is, is dolphins you know and it's one of the most wonderful experiences that you'll have is out surfing all of a sudden dolphins pop around you and they love the waves so quite often on the west coast of Brown Clare like around Spanish Point and back when, um, up and around Doolan and Fenor it's, it, it would be quite regular particularly around the nights the end of summer you get dolphins coming in and swimming around you and that's one of the most peaceful things but generally you know, there's nothing in the sea around us that is going to bother us. You will get jellyfish, but you'll get that for people who are swimming, and that's sort of mm. that's really only when the temperature hits a certain sweet spot. But in terms of what's going on below the water, there's not, nothing to worry about here. Now, you go down to South Africa, you go down to these places where it starts getting sharky. And sharky. <laughs> it's only the brave down there. You know, you still get people surfing. And like I spent a, a year in Sydney, and I remember surfing in some of the southern beaches there, and Quite often, the the hooter would go to tell you the sharks in the in the in the bay because they have planes flying up and down during the summer, watching the sharks, and everybody comes out of the water, and then you get the clear all clear. But there's a particular beach that's famous down in South Sydney is Maroubra, and I remember being there and the hooter going off, and the local guys were saying, "No, we're not getting out of the water. The waves are too good," <laughs> and the the lifeguards having to go out in the jet skis and keep circling them keep the sharks away. No way. That's quite extreme. So luckily in Ireland, <laughs> we don't get that in Ireland. Yeah. Um, listen, if I'm a new surfer, how long before I can surf? Be, being honest, when I started 25, 28 years ago, and so many of us, there weren't the surf schools around. We got boards, we rented boards, we borrowed boards, and it took us weeks and months to get standing on waves, and we were farting around and having fun. <laughs> now you go to, as I say, Lynch is where I'm, so so often, and that's where I know the, know the best. Um, but you go to one of the surf schools there, whether it's Ben's or the Green Room or Lynch Surf Experience or um, Lynch Ocean Scene. You know, you go to any of those, and if you're in any way active or comfortable, and you're able to walk in a straight line. You probably will be able to get up and surf within 20 minutes on the, when you're on the big foam boards, and you you have an instructor telling you what to do. It's, to get, you know, it's like skiing. I think that most people will actually have fun in the first few times they try to ski, snow ski. You know, they will get up and go. They won't keep falling over. You know, they'll get up and they'll be able to do it. And um, if you listen to an instructor, you get lessons. You'll be up and riding and you go and get a big board and you have fun. You're, there's no reason why you're, you know, you're going to be, uh, why you wouldn't be surfing straight away. It's to start turning and surfing green waves and doing bits and pieces that takes time of course but certainly to get up going you know most, the vast majority of people who get a lesson will be surfing by the end of that lesson will have got up and will have caught that buzz and will have caught that wave and you know I see so many times when I'm on the beach in the Hinch and I'm heading out for surfing you see schools come, schools of surfing with a surf instructor and um, people who are learning and every one of them has smiling just you know they've just had so much funny fun they've got up They've surfed, they've caught a buzz, they've got that that surge of being brought in along the along the wave and standing up and you know, they might stand up for five seconds and fall off, but 
not something that you have to plough away at and expect to be lying down and catching waves for six months. No, get a lesson, get going. You'll be doing, you'll be going straight away. And that's good because uh, Dave here beside me is going down. Dave. Yeah, don't show up on Saturday morning. You won't see a priest. So. <laughs> <laughs> Dave's going down on Saturday. There's a bit of a stag going on, and uh, there's bit of surfing. Golf and surfing over the weekend. Yeah. Golf and surfing. Now the golf might be rained off tomorrow, but this, surely surfing can't be rained off. No, unfortunately no, no, not. <laughs> there'll be there's plenty. There's plenty of ways around the weekend. It'll be it'll be breezy and that sort of thing, but you can be guaranteed that you'll you'll have fun. And I'll tell you the one thing about surfing, especially the first few times you try, gives you great thirst. <laughs> there's nothing better than standing up inside in the pub a night after, after a day of surfing no bother you've you earned that point you've earned that point where's the best place to go down La Hinch then after you've done a bit of surfing like traditionally there's a couple of pubs like the, the surf bar you know Looney's that's had such a great history with surfing you know over the decades of supported the other great bar really in La Hinch is, is Kenny's you know you'd have to give a big shout out to Kenny and his family Kenny Kenny like they have supported the surf club over over the decades. You know, they were one of the first pubs they opened during the winter. They said we'll stay open if the surfers come in and the surfers <laughs> came in and they sponsor competitions. So like the two big surf bars really would be Olooney's surf bar and then Kenny's. You know, that's where you'll see the the, the, the red faces from sunburn and the wind burn and <laughs> you'll see the dry face planting in the sea. <laughs> and I'll tell you the one thing about Kenny's and um and the Olooney surf bar it's worth you go in there for a pint, but take five or ten minutes to walk around and yeah. look at the art, the surf art on the wall. You know, Kenny's have got all the posters from all our our competitions over the last couple, 20, 30 years. There's amazing artwork done for comp- for the posters. You go into um, O'Looney's, they've got you know amazing surf history hanging from the roof, and you've got the pictures by Mickey Smith of, of Fergal Smith surfing Rileys and Aliens, these crazy waves. You know, take the five minutes to walk around. There's a great sense of, of the surf culture there that's, that's, that's being captured in these places. Brilliant. Listen, if you, the price range for a surfboard is what? If you're starting off, what are you looking to pay out for one? So the, the great thing is it's not like some sports, you know, where you, where you get into cycling and a starting bike can be €300 Euros and you, you pay up to 8000 mm. for your carbon bikes and that thing. The thing about surfing is the guys who are out, the pro surfers, their boards don't cost any more than the guy who goes in and and buys in a shop but you know to, to start out like if you haven't surfed before buy a foam board that's where you'll catch the most waves and you won't bang your head on. and if you do bang your head it'll be soft yeah. <laughs> a foam board is 150 quid maybe 200 quid a wetsuit 150 200 quid but then you know you to, you know as after a year or whatever you, you know you go and buy your first hard board a plastic um, board made in a, in a factory popped out you know you're talking 350 to 400 quid there and then, you know, for people who actually go to a shaper um, and get a board shaped, like I was lucky enough this year, went off and got a shaper, got a board shaped by a, a, a guy, an Australian guy down there, Luke Underwood, who was based out of Hamlet Hinch and, and Simon. You know, you, you sit with a guy and you tell him exactly what you want. You know, for a short board, you're paying maybe 500, 600 quid for a long board mm. that's been handcrafted by a guy. And, you know, a, a beautiful piece that's going to last you eight, ten years, longer even. You know, you're looking at 750 quid. It does sound expensive, but when you think that that's you, that's it, you've, you, you've paid, you've got your wetsuit, you've got your board, there's no green fees, you know, there's no replacing studs on your boots, you know, there's no growing, growing out of your shorts. You it's know. just you underwater. That's, yeah, exactly, you know, you're, you're, you're paid up. So, you know, to start out, your initial purchase of 400 quid for board and a suit, you're going as long as you want. That's as many times you want to go. 
and then you, you move on. So, like as I say, a surfboard for for a beginner, two hundred quid for a pro, for a guy who's living his life surfing all the time and who'll get years out of the board. It, it sounds a lot, but seven hundred fifty quid. It's not an awful lot when you compare it against a lot of other sports. Hello. Hello. Yes. Yes. Oh, sorry. Um, yeah, I thought you were gone there for a split second. No, <laughs> you're so grand. So saying, you know, it's 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 a one-off. You know, you yeah. you'll get people who'll buy a longboard and a shortboard. It's a, you know, you'll surf shortboards when the waves are more powerful, and that's when you'll go for your longboards when the waves are a bit more relaxed and you want to go for grace and a bit more fun, a bit more swoopy stuff. You know, but most people will will survive with one board, and you know, the the costs. You know. They're, they're one-off, you know, they don't, they don't, they don't, they're not recurring. It pays for itself, really, yeah. doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, 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 definitely. And uh, like yourself now, you said you've been around most of the world to catch some of the waves. What's some of the biggest waves you've hit yourself? So, like, I wouldn't be a huge wave charger, yeah. so, you know, I'd be comfortable in waves where there'd be, you know, double my height, you know, sort of 12, maybe 15-foot waves. Hmm. You know, that's, that's a lot of weight and a lot of power, you know, but, you, you know, you've got guys like, as I say, Ollie and some of the other guys who'll be char- Peter Conroy will be charging big waves, you know, who'd be up on 40, 50, 60 foot waves. Yeah, yeah. But really, you know, like unless you're training full time and you're fully committed to these sort of things, you know, the, the, the comfortable size for somebody who's surfing a lot would be your head height plus maybe maybe double overhead a couple of times, you know, and that's, that's challenging, that speed, that's, you know, getting yourself in the right position, that's getting out on the right day and the right winds. Mm. But you know, for your average surf session, when you want to go down and get a load of waves, head high waves, that's really where you want to be. Mm. You know, if you're learning, waist high waves. But when you when you when you know what you're doing, is head high waves. But when you go travelling, you never want to go out on on seriously big swells if you don't know what you're doing because yeah. the rips and the currents and you know you don't know where they are. Whereas when you're living in a place and you got to play sussed and you know what's happening. Did, that's when you come from big waves. But did anyone go out onto the waves when the hurricane passed? Yeah. Like you know, when we see hurricanes developing, we look at those and and you know any surfer who's really into it will will look at those and, and get excited. And often, the couple of days beforehand, when the big swells start arriving in before the horrible winds coming come in and blow it all out, you tend to get lovely swells beforehand and then just after the hurricane. So hurricanes themselves, when they're lashing the coast, the winds just ruin it. They turn yeah. the waves to mush and that sort of thing. But it's just before and just after that. That's the sweet spot. That's where the that's where the the real good waves are. And would many have gone out now? Would it have been like a full crew or was the, spor- yeah. sporadically? The, no, the, you know, on the on the surf spots, like say in La Hinch, you know, when you get down La Hinch, if you're looking out to see out to the left are the reefs. You know, you've got Cornish and Craig and mm. Chit Creek and Moy, and you've got about eight or nine really good waves along there. Just before those hurricanes and just after them, you you could have had forty, fifty, sixty people out on on those breaks, you know, and trading waves and sharing waves and getting really, really good surf. You know, during the winter when you're getting really good, solid surf that's ten, twelve, fifteen foot um, faces on the waves. You know, our breaks. You know, we've so many breaks we don't get crowded, but you could have twenty or thirty people on a break. Mm. But you have that. You have that same conditions. In California, in Australia, in France, you'll have 120 guys there, and there'll be hassling, shouldering. You know, there's an angry vibe in the water because everybody's challenging for the same waves. That's the great thing about Ireland is we don't have the crowds that other countries have. Yeah. We, you know, you know, I've said it before that if you're in in London or in Germany, and you know, you you want to go on a holiday and you have a, 
a grand in your pocket for a week or two weeks. You know, will you go to France where you get lovely weather or go down to Morocco get lovely weather, definitely good, good waves? Or will you chance your arm and go to Ireland where it might be blown out or might be windy? No, the, the tourists don't really come here for surf. You know, there's only a few of them because, you know, the occasional surfer will go where the weather's good and where the guarantees. Yeah. So that's what keeps our crowds thinned out. Yeah, for um, any junior competitors or anyone who's trying looking to get into it, and they see that Dave Flynn is surrounded by uh, beach babes twenty four seven, seven days a week. How do they get into it? Where do they go to? The the best thing is like the Irish Surfing website, irishsurfing.com I think it is, is a great um, resource, and that shows there's a calendar in there and it shows where surf competitions are on and. Um, it also shows all the surf clubs around the country. But really, the surf schools are, tend to be good feeders into the surf clubs. You know, the surf clubs are really there for people who can surf. So you've got a kid who really wants to get in surfing, get lessons, get surfing. But join a club, definitely, because then you'll, you'll be able to get into the competitive element. But you also start meeting up with others. We do a kids' league in our own surf club during the spring and in the autumn where we get 40, 50 kids out and we don't, we're not there to take the place of the surf school. So we, once they can surf, they come to our kids' league and we get them surfing together. We get them sort of pushing each other along. We, we bring them through new skills and work with them to develop them. And we, we get them into competition if they want. A lot of people who surf don't want competition. Like the vast majority of people who surf don't want mm. to do it for competition. They mm. want to do it to chill. They want to do it relax, to keep fit. It's not about competition. So, But kids tend to have a, a natural competitive instinct you know when you put them in the water with each other kids are, are, are much better at adults with finding ways to compete and finding ways to have a bit of fun so it's nice to encourage that but the surf clubs are good for that and certainly there's some remarkable surf clubs like Tremor where they've gone through a number of generations and they've got they, they have 150 kids in the water every weekend and they have kids leagues going on and that sort of thing so the surf clubs are, are a good place but it really is around the bigger surf towns where you get that and unfortunately, that's down to parents having to drive the kids. How, sorry, Dave, how will David Flynn know who you are when you're down at Lynch tomorrow? The guy who's in the fetal position up against <laughs> up against the sand going, yeah, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> no, you won't be. I'll tell you, you'll, be, you'll, you'll, you'll be smiling. You want more. Absolutely. You'll be, to, you'll be going back to the instructors and saying, like, okay, any chance of getting a session after I try here? <laughs> I hate golf. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> And, and you'll be there, you know, you'll be going back to the hotel or the B&B and you'll be saying, do I really want to wash this salt off me? No. <laughs> when, when you feel that salt dry on and you see your skin tighten up and, you, and your hair is beginning to crinkle over and get a bit crusty, you'll, you'll start saying, God, that road back doesn't seem very long. I might stay for another day. Okay. <laughs> if everybody had a <laughs> that's what you'd be hearing in his head <laughs> listen Dave listen that, it's brilliant I'm sure Dave's going to go down and enjoy Absolutely. it tomorrow and again any details or anything that you want us to pass on we'll pass that on uh, it sounds great and I'll have to do it in one time myself as well do, do, Th- do. thanks very much for your time Dave no problem thanks take care Dave all, all the best bye bye, bye. bye.